Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. John chapter 6 is St. John's rendering of the well-known, um, the, the, the well-known miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. In this telling of this story, there are great things that happen. The scale is just staggering because it says there are 5,000 uh, men at least and in the other Gospels, it says not counting the, 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 the women and the children. So sometimes some, some scholars posit that it was about 20,000 people possibly there uh, if you have a family of, of four, right, per, per male, right? So it's a lot of people. Uh, it's a lot of things to take care of. And when Jesus sees them coming... He sees that they need to be fed. They do not say that they want to be fed, but Jesus knows. And so he asks, he asks Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he says this to test him, for he knew himself what he would do. And Philip says, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get just a little. Now, if you want to know a little bit about how that translates into dollars, I guess, uh, 200. So a, a denarii was a day's wage. So uh, that's enough for 200 days work. That's most of a year. And if poverty level is about $35,000, this is somewhere about like $28,000, somewhere around that range. I'm not great with math. That's why I'm a pastor. Um, but it's somewhere around, the, like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars would not buy enough bread so these people would eat. Not only that, he probably could, even, he probably could also say, who's going to make all the bread? We can't just go to a bakery or someone's home and say, serve up all this bread for all these people to eat. So when Jesus asks these questions, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? How are we to do what it is that is good to do? And he asks us these things, we tend to despair, right? We tend to see how hard it is to live within this world. And we despair because it's just too much for us to handle. Some of us are much more chipper than that and say, well, we'll find a way. But if you really are to weigh the price and the cost of things in this world, it can very, very quickly crush you. And so Jesus hears, um, he hears that there's a boy who has, who has, who has five, who has, who has five, excuse me, five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for thousands of people, right? And Jesus says, have them sit down. And then he proceeds to bless, to bless that food, to give thanks, and to give to all the people who were there as much as they wanted. And when they had their fill, when they were satisfied, they gathered up all that was left and they filled up 12 huge baskets full. 
And the great thing about John's gospel, you've heard me say this a lot, I love the gospel of John. There's so much that can be gleaned from the way that he writes about about these things. That when you see this, and he says, gather up the, the, the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. And the great thing about the Greek is that that word for be lost is also the word for perish. And what other place in John do we hear about those that they may not perish? But John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave, I know it, my stutter is getting to me right now, <laughs> that he gave his only, that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, that whoever believes in Jesus shall not be lost, that Jesus gathers up all people into his church. He seeks to do this so that none may perish, none, none may be lost. So they gathered up and filled up 12, 12 large, 12 large, large, large baskets with what was left over. In this, we see that God gathers his people to his church. He seeks to gather all people. And when he does this, when he shows his good provision, when he shows his great blessing, many times those who follow Jesus get the wrong idea about him. We see that after all this happens, people say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. And that's true. He is the one that is greater than that he is the one who is greater than 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 Moses, right? That would come. But he sees that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. They saw that he could give them whatever they needed. And so they go to him wrongfully. And the things that they desire have now cause them to seek what is not right. That from this we see that bread is good. God gives us our daily bread. He feeds us all that we need so that we would not perish in body. And yet, oftentimes, we may see him as this divine, this, this divine vending, Sorry, this divine vending machine where when we ask him for something, that's what we want, and that's all we want, and that's all we need, and the more we ask, the more we expect that he'll give us exactly what we want. When we don't get it, we get disappointed. We need to remember that Jesus cannot be taken by force to, to be made king. We cannot be those who see Jesus as someone who just gives us whatever we want, but he is one who gives us all that we need. So that in the same way, it's ironic that the people set, seek to take Jesus by force to make him a bread king. And yet, that was not what he came to do. He came to be taken by force at a later time to have the title of king placed above him on his throne as he gives himself as the bread of life who gathers and feeds all so that none may perish. He must and should be taken, but not by us by force. 
He was taken by force according to God's will and not according to and not according to, to, to man's will, so that he should be mocked and spit upon and lashed, and the title of king would be given to him as a joke as he hangs upon his cross, which is his throne. In this we see that what man means for bad, God, God means for our good. Oftentimes our our desires blind us and cause us to, 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 to cause us to despair. But God uses even meager offerings for great blessing. That what we have to offer, poor as it is, God can use to do great things. Christ gathers us up according to his apostolic, according to 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 the apostolic preaching, so that none of us may perish. That in his word we are gathered, he calls us, he sends out his net to bring us in so that we would be saved, so that we would not die, so that we would trust in him for all things. We would trust in him that he feeds us in body and in soul, that he gives us what we need to eat And that when we gather here and we are given his word and his body and his blood, though the world sees it as a small thing, it's just a bit of bread, it's just a sip of wine, but in that is a feast. In that is the greatness of God. It is his grace given to you so that you would be strengthened, so that you would go out to this world facing the hardship of the reality of the sin and not given and not be given to, to despair, but that you would trust in him, that you would be fed by him, that you would be strengthened by him. Christ was taken by force for our sake to be our king and to be the very bread of life so that we would be fed his crucified, risen and ascended body and blood. This meal is supposed to be received in faith so that it will give you that blessed assurance that you do not perish according to his will. But this meal that is, that is, that is, that is received, that is, excuse me, that is, excuse me, when this meal is not, is not, Received in faith, his body and his blood condemns you, for you seek to make Christ a king who bends to your will, and not as, as, and not as that king that you bend, you bend the knee to in all things, and by which you are given your life and being. See Christ for who he is, that he gives you what you need that he feeds you his body and his blood. Um, excuse me. Receive him as, as he offers himself so that you may not, so that you may not perish, but that you, but that you, that you may have, have, but that you may have, 
have, that you may have life everlasting. And with Jesus, when he feeds you, he says, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds, um, excuse me, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on, on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true, true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As, as the, 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 the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So, so, so whoever feeds on me, he also, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on, on, on this bread will live forever. Ponder these things in your hearts as you come and are fed and strengthened and, and are strengthened with the life and the bread, um, with the life and the bread that Christ provides, um, that Christ provides, that Christ provides for you. And the peace of God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.